Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Guys, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day throughout the week. Monday through Friday, we have a daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast for you. We are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. You can get our show Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube and you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Always talking birds on the Twitterverse at Lockdown Birds at DBLCLOE at GC24 underscore football. We are continuing to get into that devastating 13 to 7. Devastating, frustrating, a lot of words to describe that loss to the New York Giants in the Meadowlands on Sunday by a score of 13 to 7. Jalen Rager to end the two drives at the end to fix all of their self-inflicted mistakes through three and a half quarters. Boston's got fumbles on the second last drive, and then Rager drops two touchdowns that would have won the game. A perfect wrap to a frustrating game that was lost by the Eagles and not won by the New York Giants. And since this is a Tuesday edition of the show, guys, that means it's stock up, stock down. And for the last month, three wins of their previous four games there was a lot of positives. There was a lot of stock up and not a lot of stock down. Today, going to be vice versa. That game, very frustrating, I think, for the Eagles. Like I said, I don't really want to give the Giants a whole lot of credit for that win. The Eagles had so many opportunities to win that football game, and they should have, and they were executing on both sides of the ball. But again, they just cost themselves mistakes, penalties in the red zone, costly turnovers from their quarterback, their running back drops from somebody that's supposed to be helping your offense in a huge way. A former first round pick is dropping wins for you. I mean, that's just, that's what's going to happen. Like if you do that in most games, even against a team like the New York giants on the road, you're going to lose in the NFL. And so the Eagles, I think hopefully learned a hard lesson as they turn things around for this Sunday's matchup with maybe Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. The Eagles still in it at 5-7, and seven, only a half a game back of a playoff spot in the NFC. Guys, before we get into stock up, stock down, some quick news up front on the offensive line, and it's not good. The bad luck when it comes to the health of these interior offensive linemen continue to plague the Eagles this year. Right guard Jack Driscoll, who had been filling in tremendously for Brandon Brooks, moving from his original spot of right tackle, Driscoll was placed on injured reserve with a knee injury. That's going to put Driscoll out for the year. So that ended Isaac Sayamalu's season this year. Brandon Brooks, still no sign of when he's going to return this year, if at all. If he doesn't practice this week, I doubt Brooks returns in 2021 and maybe ever with the Philadelphia Eagles. Those were your two starting guards. And now you, and you know, Landon Dickerson's been hurt this year as well. And now you lose Jack Driscoll. Just really bad luck for the Eagles when it comes to the health up front yet again. And so Driscoll played really well, um, and now hopefully Nate Herbig can step in and, you know, 
continue to replicate that level of play. I'm I'm not thinking it's a huge drop off. Like, you know, this isn't a devastating injury. Obviously a second year player like Driscoll could be a part of your long-term core up front. And you don't want to see a guy like that get hurt considering how well he was playing in the continuity of this offensive line that is playing better than any offensive line in football by far over the last five games. You don't want to see that injury, but I guess to find the silver lining in an injury like this, you know, if you're going to suffer an injury to the offensive line between Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Jack Driscoll, and Lane Johnson, Driscoll is the most replaceable player. But you don't want to lose bodies up front considering that's the unit that's been carrying you into postseason contention, and that's the unit that's going to continue to do that. And guys, that segues me right into the start of Stock Up in segment one, and it goes to the offensive line and specifically Jordan Maialata. I mean, Jordan Maialata on Sunday, it was such a wasted effort. The fact that the Eagles did not win that football game is very disappointing because the offensive line, as I said, has been elite the last five weeks. And the game against the Giants might have been just as good, if not better, than their performance against the number one rushing defense last week in the New Orleans Saints. Jordan Maialata especially, that was one of the best offensive line performances that I've seen in a long time. And again, with Jason Kelsey over the last decade, Jason Peters formerly in that spot at left tackle, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, the Eagles have had Hall of Fame level offensive linemen over the years. And yet I think that game against the Giants was one of the most unstoppable from a lineman. And that was from Jordan Maialata. And the entire offensive line really, again, you know, Landon Dickerson right next to him played extremely well. So did Lane Johnson, Jack Driscoll, Jason Kelsey, even Nate Herbert, uh, Herbig held his own outside of the bad penalty um, at center and right guard, you know, playing two spots. I thought Herbig held his own, but Maialata especially was incredible in that football game. And again, you just hate to waste an elite performance like that because they were running the football with ease. Thanks to number 68, over 200 rushing yards on the day for the Eagles. Yet again, that streak continues as they just continue to run the football down anybody's throat. And it's just, you know, we talk about it to death, but I don't, I don't think you can talk about it enough. How unique, how incredible of a story this is that the Eagles went from Jason Peters, who was a converted tight end to left tackle that became a first ballot Hall of Famer for you for over a decade. Most teams don't have that luxury of having that kind of caliber player at such an important position for that long. And then normally it's really hard to, you don't just replace that guy instantly. And the Eagles seemingly have replaced him one year later. And it's not just that, that's the incredible part of the story, but it's Jordan Mahalata, like Jason Peters, never played this position before starting with the Eagles at left tackle. I mean, Jordan Mahalata just a few years ago had never played a down of football. And now he looks like one of the most dominant players in the NFL at this position and in the entire league. I mean, it just goes to show sometimes why you want to bank on upside and raw physical tools and trust your coaches like Jeff Stoutland to develop talent because then sometimes you get products like Jordan Maialata. He was incredible on Sunday. And it's not just that. Like Some people will think it's kind of cheesy, but I loved seeing Maialata get emotional on the sidelines and heading into the tunnel after that loss. There were pictures of him 
tearing up after Jalen Hurts threw um, that pass to Jalen Rager and it was dropped. And, you know, why I think that's really cool is because you see how close this team is this year. And that's the one thing, uh, or one of the things that Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and this entire, the, the offensive line and the veterans on both sides of the ball, the young guys too, everybody's done such a good job in year one of building such a close, tight-knit culture. Like, you don't see that a lot in year one. It feels like these guys have been playing together for a really long time. I mean, that hit my a lot of hard that they weren't able to pull that game off. And he even said it in his press conference after the game. Like, you see how hard a guy like Jalen Rager works, Jalen Hurts, this entire team, and to come up short like that in heartbreaking fashion, yeah, I would get emotional too. I mean, you put your heart and soul into it. And Maialata put everything he had into that football game. And you've seen all the hard work that, you know, it's taken Maialata to get to the level of play that he's at right now. So seeing him emotional... The Eagles are on the right track, guys, with this young core on the offensive side of the football. One of the youngest teams when it comes to starting offensive lineups. And Maialata is going to lead the way on that unit for a very long time. Stock up for sure to Jordan Maialata. Stock up as well to the defensive tackles on the other side of the football. I thought it was a great performance all around from the defense on all three levels, but the defensive line with only a four-man pass rush, you know, they blitzed a lot in this game more than they normally do. They continue that trend, but they didn't really need it. Like the Eagles front four was getting there, and we'll talk about the edge rushers as well, but the defensive tackles specifically really stood out. I mean, Fletcher Cox, uh, Fletcher Cox especially has been on a mission since he called out Jonathan Gannon um, before that Detroit Lions game. And now since they've been playing more aggressive, pin your ears back and go get the quarterback, go get the running back, Fletcher Cox looks like the old elite version of Fletcher Cox. He was dominant in that game against the run, consistently getting to Daniel Jones. He has strung along five really good performances. You know, when you combine just calling out Gannon, the trade block, uh, the trade deadline rumors, there's a lot of chips on Cox's shoulder this year. And so to see him put it all together, it's been huge for the birds on defense in this turnaround in November. But it wasn't just him. Javon Hargrave finally looked like the early season Javon Hargrave, consistently getting to Daniel Jones, had a sack on the day. That's seven on the year. They've needed that. I mean, Hargrave hasn't hasn't been bad over the last, you know, six, seven games, but he isn't what he was to start the year. Of course, it's hard to match, you know, six sacks in the span of what a month, a month and a half. Um, but it was good to see him get get back in the sack column there and consistently get to uh, Daniel Jones. It was Cox, it was Hargrave. But how about Milton Williams too? I mean, when it comes to rookies, we're consistently talking about Devontae Smith. We're talking about Landon Dickerson. When it comes to other young players, you know, we're talking about that 2018 class. We're talking about even, I feel like, Davian Taylor more than Milton Williams because he's not doing anything flashy. But Williams in the run game has been really quietly good. Uh, the last month. And he was actually named, people don't know, but um, at the Novacare Complex in the indoor facility, they've been putting on the wall players of the game for offense, defense, and special teams in wins. And Milton Williams was actually the uh, player of the game on defense against the Detroit Lions earlier in November. He's continued that play. He looks like a really strong rotational player right now in year one that can eventually replace Fletcher Cox and be a starter. Like if Milton Williams and Javon Hargrave is your future at DT, with Williams' versatility as well, and he's been getting to the quarterback too, and he finishes his tackles. He doesn't miss any. He hustles to the end of the whistle. 
that's a good player to have long term. And I didn't love that draft pick, uh, draft pick in the third round, but he's making me change my mind about that for sure. Hassan Ridgeway too played really well. I mean, just stock up overall to the defensive tackles, and then as well stock up to the defensive ends. Uh, Josh Sweat, like Javon Hargrave, started hot in the year. You know, was a little quiet, then got hot again when they let this defense play more aggressive. Starting with that Lions game, he was all over the field against the Giants. But how about Derek Barnett? I mean, if you take away the penalties, which is a major issue of his game that consistently kills this team week after week for the last five years. But if you did just talk about his execution when it comes to the pass rush, the last five weeks, is Derek Barnett, has he been your most consistent pass rusher? I feel like he has. He's been your best edge rusher. And so I'm not saying suddenly now the Eagles are going to hand out a bag to Barnett like they're giving to, you know, Maialata and Sweat and Goddard and Maddox. Um, but Barnett is playing really well down the stretch. And, you know, he had to if he wants to earn a decent contract in free agency, even if it wasn't with the Eagles, if it is with another team. Barnett is playing some really good football right now. Overall, just a great performance from the defensive line on the edge and in the interior. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles Stock Up, Stock Down is brought to you by Beachbound. In life, we're all bound for different things with Beachbound.com vacations. You could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. Love traveling. And with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com. Guys, this is Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's stock up, stock down, and it's after this 13 to 7 loss to the New York Giants on Sunday. The Eagles now 5 and 7 on the year. Stock up to Jordan Maialata, stock up to the defensive tackles, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, um, Hassan Ridgeway. Stock up to the defensive ends, specifically Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. Ryan Kerrigan is a shell of himself. And that's an understatement this year. He is completely useless so far in 2021, but stock up to Barnett and sweat the entire defensive line. Really? I mean, the defensive line and the offensive line, they were great against the giants and they gave you a chance in that football game until the very end. Who are the players that kind of cost you in that game? Let's head over to stock down and it starts with the guy. I mean, look, okay, let me preface this before I start talking about this player. I do want to say, in Stock Up, Stock Down, we normally don't talk about Jalen Hurts because we dedicate a whole podcast to Jalen's performance week by week, locked on QB1 every Friday. And so when I was doing Stock Down, it was harder to pick players because I feel like overall, this team didn't have a terrible performance on offense or defense. I think most of the issues that cost you this football game was the quarterback. It wasn't normally that's not the case. Jalen Hurts hasn't always been the reason you're winning games, but he a lot of the time hasn't been the reason you're losing games either. He was the far majority. I mean, the just way more of the issue than any other player in this loss against the Giants. And so I want to say that first, like stock down to Jalen Hurts more than anybody. 
but definitely stock down again. What is this? Three, four weeks in a row. Now we've had to do this to this kid, but it's wide receiver Jalen Rager. And it sucks because, you know, he had a chance at least for a week to rewrite the narrative, right? He had a chance to, you know, he's only had five receiving yards in the last four games before this matchup with the giants, right? He was on JJ Ortega, white side level bust. He was Nelson Aguilar, 2016 level bus status. Um, he was Doriel Green Beckham of 2016. That's how bad Rager has looked. And although it was really dumb to not target Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, especially on that final drive, the fact of the matter is, is that Jalen Rager got those opportunities to be the hero and at least for a day change the narrative and show that he does have the ability to be special and that maybe the Eagles faith in him wasn't in poor judgment just yet. Maybe he's not dead in the water. Like we kind of thought Nelson Aguilar was, and he did have a turnaround in 2017 and in 2018, Jalen Rager had two very catchable balls to score game winning touchdowns, or at least on the second one, set up a one yard line play with 10 seconds to go to win the football game. And he dropped the ball literally on the, plays themselves and the opportunity to be the hero that first play look it was tough you know he was draped in coverage by the Giants cornerback but Jalen Hurts put that ball right in front of Rager it went right off his face it hit him right in the hands you got to make that catch especially falling forward he would have scored it was a go route on press man coverage the safety was not there Rager had the upper hand Hurts put it only you know I'll give Hurts credit for as bad as he was through all four quarters in that football game, throwing the football, he put that ball on the money. And Rager just, you know, did not come down with it. And then that second play on fourth and 10, I mean, he's in front of the entire secondary and Hertz put the ball on the money. Rager goes up for it uncontested and it just goes right through his fingertips. And it stinks because he suffered the same fate as previous busts that the Eagles have drafted in the first and second round at this position, right? He suffered the same fate the 2019 fate of Nelson Aguilar against the Atlanta Falcons, against the New England Patriots, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside against the Detroit Lions, a very similar drop to the one Rager had on the second play against the Giants. It's unfortunate to see him suffer that same fate and maybe continue to suffer the same long-term fate of those two, more so J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I don't want to call Aguilar a bust for what he did in 2017 and in 2018, but overall for what they took him to be, Aguilar was a bust, and so Rager, that just was all too familiar to those three plays back in 2019, and it's unfortunate because he had the chance to be the hero and you know rewrite the narrative at least for a week, and instead he kind of confirmed why we've all been screaming for Kenny Gainwell to play slot uh, receiver and for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to get more snaps, and you guys know how I feel about J.J. I feel like he's a useless player on offense in the passing game, and I've been dying to see him out there over Rager. Rager had his chance to change our minds, at least for a day. He did not do it, and uh, he wasn't the reason you lost the game. To me, that was more so Jalen Hurts, but uh, Jalen Rager was 1B for sure. Stock down to Jalen Rager. Stock down as well to cornerback Steven Nelson. Um, the Eagles, I love how aggressive they've been playing over the last five weeks. Jonathan Gannon is letting his corners get up at the line of scrimmage, play man coverage, go make plays. He's letting his defensive line pin their ears back and make plays on the ball, right? Not play off 
super soft zone coverage, pull back his defensive lineman in coverage, you know, playing screens. He's letting his guys play. And the way Darius Slay has been playing, you owe that to him. Avante Maddox as well. It's really been helping this football team, especially in situational football. They're not 10 yards off the ball anymore on third and two, third and four. They still are in other situations, but they're better situationally with this aggressive mindset. The one blunder with this change in philosophy on defense is that it's exposing Steven Nelson for being the clear weak link of this defense over anybody else. Steven Nelson has had to play man coverage. He's had to go make plays like Slay and Maddox have over the last few weeks, and he's been getting toasted. You know, he looks a lot like the other piss poor CB2s of the past. You know, not as bad as Bradley Fletcher. Um, you know, I would say who else? You know, Leotis McKelvin, right? But he's given me Nolan Carroll vibes where it's just like you could do so, so much better. And while he's not your top guy, he's not even your second guy. I mean, Avante Maddox is your second best corner. At the same time, you're going to need a new CB2 next year because you want to play. I don't want to go back to the defensive mindset that they had through the first, you know, uh, two months of the year. I would still in the draft prefer a safety earlier. If you're going to only take one defensive back, I'd like to get two in the first two rounds. But let's say they only take one with those picks. I would still choose safety, but you definitely need a CB2 next year. And hopefully it is with one of those early picks through the draft. I would not want to run it back with Steven Nelson. He was outside of Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager, probably your worst player yesterday, uh, or I should say on Sunday against the Giants. Definitely stocked down to cornerback Steven Nelson. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. LOE three. We've been betting on player props every single week. I went three for three this week. I got a nice bounce back 20 and 13 on the season. I went 0 and three with the bets against the saints needed that bounce back. I hit on Quez Watkins, getting the over Jalen Rager and uh, Jalen hurts with rushing. You can find all of that and more at betonline.ag. They remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capital letters, to receive your bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Guys, this is Locked On Eagles, Louis DiBiase, joining you on this Tuesday edition of of the show. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're doing stock up, stock down, and it's the uh, post-Giants edition, 13-7 to loss at the Meadowlands. The Eagles have now dropped two straight to the New York Giants. That is, I mean, uncharted territory. The Eagles are used to destroying the New York Giants. I think before those two losses, they were 21 of 25 or 21 of 26, something like that. Don't quote me on their record against the Giants, but they normally destroy New York. They've dropped two straight at the Meadowlands where normally they play really good football. A lot of that was, most of it was because of Jalen Hurts, because of Jalen Rager, Steven Nelson on the defensive side of the football. And stock down one more here. 
And I hate to do this because his nickname is the giant killer. Seven of his 11 career touchdowns have been against the New York Giants. And he was doing really well again against the Giants. 15 carries for 64 yards, averaging 4.3 yards per carry. He had a touchdown again against the Giants in that game. Also had two receptions for eight yards, over 70 yards from scrimmage. And then, however, that second final drive, um, the second last drive, he fumbles the football as the Eagles are marching down the field. It's Boston Scott. Boston Scott, the giant killer, was killed by the Giants at the end. Boston Scott, again, he was killing the Giants as usual, and then he fumbled with under two minutes to go. And why that fumble is so crucial, I know the Eagles got the ball back, and they had an opportunity to still win that game, and the drops from Jayla Rager is what killed them. Um, but the fumble put them in a tougher spot because the fumble made the Eagles' final drive have to be all about the pass. Because at that point in the game, you know, there's only what a little over a minute to go. You have no timeouts left. Things are still within the numbers. You don't have time to run the football multiple times when you're in that kind of situation under two minutes. Rager and Hertz are the ones that came short on the final drive. But if Boston Scott doesn't fumble on that second last drive, they still have time to run down the field and potentially score. And with the way they were running the football in that game, and the way they were running the football on that drive, I feel like they were going to score. And they had the time, they had the flexibility still, they had the timeouts. But because Scott fumbled there, the Eagles had to burn all three timeouts on defense to get the ball back, and then they had to throw the ball. So definitely stock down to Boston Scott. Hate to do it, but he might have cost them there on that second final drive because I think they were going to score if he doesn't fumble. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Eagles. We thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your show of us five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're also on YouTube and on Twitter as well, at Lockdown Birds, at DBLCLOE. And my co-host, Gino Camilleri, he'll be back tomorrow, and he's on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds.